And last night, the Bruins with a 5-0 win over the Nashville Predators. They finish off a strong two-game road trip in Dallas and Nashville. Two big teams, two strong teams. Dallas with a little bit more star power than, than Nashville. Um, but, you know, a lot of good things to take away from these last two games. And Jim Montgomery talked about a few things, or at least one thing he didn't love about last night's game. I guess we can get to that. But other, otherwise, a pretty strong outing by the Bruins. Yeah, and most encouragingly, from my perspective, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand got going. Uh, both were in the longest pointless droughts that they've had in years. Um, Marchand had gone five games without a point. That was his longest drought since 2016. Bergeron had gone six games without a point. That was also his longest drought since 2016. Um, they both get off the schneid big time. First goal is Marchand from Bergeron on an odd man rush. Bergeron scores a power play goal. Uh, Marchand is right at the net front, causing havoc on Craig Smith's goal. So just a really, really good game for that line. They, you know, top power play unit breaks there. Uh, Eventually got to an 0 for 21 drought, but it, you know I thought they were able to create some good looks even aside from the goal. So um, you know, to me that was that was the biggest positive, but there were plenty of others. Yeah, and when you talk about the the longest drought for Marshawn and Bergeon, in the grand scheme of things, five games without a point really isn't that long of a drought. But it it, it just doesn't happen to those two. Um, so I mean, you're usually you're talking about like. I don't know, eight, nine, 10 game drought or, or worse, but um, they're able to turn it around. The Marshawn goal um, off the rush was really nice give and go um, using his speed and looking like, you know, back to regular shape. Um, Cause like we mentioned multiple times coming off the hip surgery, it took him a little bit to ramp back up. So when on that play, you're like, okay, well there's the speed, like there's, he's up to speed. Um, and the Bergeron goal also coming off the rush. A lot of their, their goals came in that transition game. Even the Forbert goal was set up on a stretch play to Felino, And then when it came back around to the point, he shot it and it went in. So um, that was definitely something that was a positive. And that was, Brian, is that what you're referring to? Where Montgomery talked after the game and he said that he loved their defense to offense transition but the other way he thought they gave up Ottoman rushes um you know transitioning back to defense as well yeah that that is what I was alluding to and I and I think it's I, I think it's good of Jim Montgomery to be like that right like when, when a team when your team loses and they work hard you know um good coaches will allow the the players to wear that loss but not not damn them for it and then you know on the same token when you when you win and there's a couple of things you still want to work on. You want to, you know, keep them humble, keep them wanting more and stuff like that. So I think that's a good approach. I, I actually didn't notice it as much as Montgomery did, but again, sometimes it happens when you're watching on TV and, and they're kind of pumping Nashville a bit, but you know, one guy who I thought had a great game for the Bruins was Jeremy Lausanne. Um, <laughs> two, two goals. Um, he pinched on, he, he pinched right before Martian and Bergeron and Smith went down on that three on one. Um, no, I'm just I'm just messing with the kid. Um, I, I know Scott, you said you felt a little sorry for him. I did too. That was that, that was a tough game for me. Obviously, you get up for that game against a former team. Um, some bad luck for him, huh? Yeah, he has two goals going on of him. I, I saw someone tweet and I didn't double check, so I'm just gonna blame whoever uh, 
tweeted this if it's wrong, but I think he had three goals total playing for the Bruins and had two going off of him last night. Um, yeah, the, the first one was, was definitely a mistake. He was pinched way, way too low. And, you know, in a spot where like the play really wasn't going to go to that area, you know, it would be one thing if like he had a wide open path back door and thought maybe there was going to be a pass or whatever, but it seemed like for whatever reason, he just drifted way too low. Um, the other two, yeah, there's, there's bad luck there. One is, you know, he's trying to cover Martian at the net front. His stick just happens to be out in the wrong place and it deflects off it. Another, he's trying to block a shot. It goes off the inside of his leg and deflects in like that's, those are, those are kind of just bad luck ones. Um, but yeah, so I thought as far as the, like the odd man rushes against, I think they got a maybe a little sloppy at times once they were up a few goals, which is kind of natural. But even still, like as you know, when Montgomery said that, like I went to went to my favorite website, Natural Statric, and they had the Predators with four high danger chances for the game and only one rush chance, which is like defined as a you know a rush that actually like leads to a scoring chance. So obviously, you know, I think there are other rushes where Nashville kind of briefly had an on-man rush and just didn't really execute. But, you know, uh, I mean, good for Montgomery, like, pumping up Swayman's tires and, you know, like, thank God he was so good. And Swayman was good. He did have to make some really good saves, but I didn't think he was really super heavily tested in, in the end. Like, you know, I can't remember too many, like, really great A saves that he had to make. So I think that is a little bit of nitpicking and it's, you know, I think maybe kind of a little bit of a new approach for him to try to, you know, in a big win, still find something that, uh, that he didn't like that he can kind of show them on video. So, which to your point is, you know, good coaching. Like you, you can't always be, Hey, great job. You know, everything was awesome. And then go out and have some beers in Nashville. Go, go hit the, the bars on what's it what's that main stretch broadway Broadway. (laughs) um which you mentioned greer was tired i mean that after that kind of trip you know you go into dallas and you're going to nashville with all your your siblings and by the way some of those siblings look like they could party um (laughs) so i'm sure they were out late um you know probably the night before the game honestly um and yeah, AJ Greer was on the Greg Hill show Friday morning um, is what Bridget's referring to. Yeah, so a he, little uh, tired. Yeah. So people can check that out. I think he might be on a couple more times um, in usually a very good interview, but yeah, to Bridget's point, I thought he sounded uh, a little bit tired getting back late from Nashville. Well, for reference, I'll tell my um, Penguins in Nashville story. I was out in Nashville a few years back and Sidney Crosby, Phil Kessel, like half the Penguins were out at, at this bar. Um, I think it was Dirk's Bentley's until three in the morning. So that was, and that was, uh, I think that was two days before the game. Uh, they made sure they arrived early in order to have some fun. But like, yeah, when you go to Nashville, I know we think of the players as like you know, taking care of themselves, but sometimes they want to go out and have some fun. And they, I've seen players out in the bars in Nashville till 3 a.m. So, um, you know, they didn't look like it. Uh, they, they didn't have any lapses in the game where I was like, oh, okay, they're they're feeling the effects of staying out. But um, who knows? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did. <laughs> I didn't look like they they were affected, if at the very least, if not. I did see some of the footage, though, of like, from the siblings trip i didn't realize jeremy swayman could play the guitar like they went to gibson 
um, in Nashville and they like a few of them were in there and Swayman was in like the sound room just riffing on a guitar and I mean maybe there's not much else to do in Alaska but <laughs> yeah I think um I think the siblings kind of stole the show there was it was some pretty funny footage of them like after the Dallas went literally like breaking the the roof pan the roof panels of their suite um the the bar that they were all at in Nashville looked pretty fun I'm you know I'm, I'm fairly certain that players circle Vegas and Nashville on their on their away calendars every year and kind of hope to God that they have a, a day off before and so they can enjoy those cities. But uh, yeah, that was um that was really cool to see the siblings enjoying. It. You know, it's 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 one of those things like you kind of you, you forget as a fan, right? Like you know, people people watch these guys night in night out and you have the highest expectations. If they don't score, you get pissed at them. You know, if they win, you know you think they love you. It's like well, not really, but. Um, the one thing you forget is like they're real people with families and stuff. And like when you're watching their games, so are their family. It's just, so it's, uh, I thought that was a pretty cool trip. Obviously it's usually the moms, moms and, or the dads and, uh, the siblings was a, was a cool new spin on it. We talked about last episode, but to see them carry that momentum through to Nashville and, and get those two wins for them and to see them all in the, um, the hallways afterwards with the, with the, with their siblings and stuff was pretty cool. Um, I thought that was a really cool, cool trip for the Bruins to do. Yeah, and, and it is unique, uh, like you said, for the siblings. Because like even when they first kind of revealed that this is what they're doing, like I thought of it. It's like, okay, like you know, if you're around the rink, especially games, like obviously you'd see players' kids, wives, girlfriends. You'll see the parents sometimes, but it's like you don't really see the siblings often because they're living their own lives, you know, wherever they live, and you know it's harder for them to to get to games, but obviously, you know, and a lot of players talked about this. It's like, well, they were at all the games growing up, you know, they were on all those trips for tournaments and all that stuff. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. And obviously there were, you know, a couple that I think really stood out. Uh, obviously Brad Marchand's brother, Jeff, um, you know, makes the joke about Brad, like in poetry and then the Bruins to kind of like cap off the trip tweeted uh, or and put his post on Instagram, a photo from last night of, Jeff Marchand doing pull-ups like in the hallway by the locker rooms and I was like yeah that checks out like that makes sense <laughs> um Greer when he was on the great kill show also clarified what his brother was carrying in the uh famous brown paper bag that he was bringing on the plane yeah uh, it, it was not his carry-on it was not his luggage uh it wasn't like a 40 ounce it was uh it was actually um like Quebec maple syrup treats that he brought for everyone so so that was very nice of him. Booze and fe- booze, booze injected, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Like to see like you know Marshan and Bergeron connecting on the ice for a goal, hugging on the ice, and then to see their siblings embracing in the box like right after that's pretty cool stuff. Um, I guess to jump back quickly to something Bridget brought up about ten minutes ago was was Marshan. So like last episode we talked about the slump um, that Bergeron and Marshan had been in. I think. Five five points in their previous sixteen combined games between the two of them, but you know, in the same breath, we we acknowledge like that's nothing to be worried about. It was just an objective stat to bring up, and it was worth mentioning, right? We do three episodes a week, and we we have to cover the games. But um, to Bridget's point about like his speed in on that odd man rush, that first goal of the game, like another thing I noticed to me uh, or noticed last night that jumped out to me was like Martian has been starting to at least last night, but he was, he was really starting to get back into his, 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 his ways of 
you know, quick cutbacks and quick pivots and, and pull-ups and stuff like that. And that, to me, is another good sign of somebody who's starting to feel a lot more comfortable following off-season hip surgery. And I think that going forward in the next, you know, three and a half months, three to four months of a season, including playoffs, uh, that's a great sign for Marshan to get going, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, we've brought it up how DeBrusque is expected back soon. It, you know, kind of keeps getting pushed back, but now it sounds like it's should definitely be Saturday as long as he gets his final clearance. Um, and that was, that's going to help, right? It's going to help the top line that everything kind of falls into place. He helps the top power play unit, but at the same time, it's like, you know, obviously Martian and Bergeron shouldn't be relying on DeBrusque's return to get out of a slump. Like they shouldn't have to, I'm sure they don't want to, right? Like they, they know they have to be, better individually like they're not in in a to your point it's it's a mini slump it's five games um but like that's not just happening just because debrusque isn't on their wing uh they, they had to be better they knew it so i think to kind of to snap that and and have a big night before debrusque comes back it, you know i also think that helps um because now it's like okay like yeah we we can still do this you know like we it's not it's not like we've gotten so old that like, oh, now we need, you know, the third guy on our line to help us, you know, get going. Like, no, they can still do it. They got out of their slump. And now you're going to bring DeBrusque back and should, you know, as long as he's able to kind of pick up where he was, help even more. And as I said, like that, it just helps everything fall into place because now you can comf comfortably keep the check line together. You can keep Taylor Hall on the third line. And I also thought, you know, Craig Smith had a good game and, and scores the goal. And maybe that helps him kind of find some momentum as he kind of inevitably moves back down the lineup. Craig Smith scores the goal. <laughs> um, that's the one that Lausanne really swept in with his, you know, with his stick. Um, but no, it, it was nice to see him get credit. He did throw the puck, you know, out in front. Um was really probably more looking for an assist to Marshawn who was standing there and originally kind of looked like he might've got a stick on it, but it was Lausanne. So um, yeah, good for him to, to get on the board. He did look, I mean, like you mentioned from the other side with Lausanne, same thing for Smith, you're playing against your old team and you want to be able to make an impact. I thought he had a good game. I, I, I thought I saw him going to the net. I saw him working hard. So yeah, he had a good game against uh, his, his former team for sure.